What is up, everybody? Welcome to a special Father's Day episode of the Panthers Nation Network. Now, unfortunately, we are missing our resident father in Jeff. Uh, he's you know probably having a Father's Day dinner back in Charlotte. So, well wishes to him for Father's Day. Of course, of course. Definitely happy Father's Day to all, all the fathers around the world, especially Panthers Nation. You know what I'm saying? Hope everybody's having a great day. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope we can you know provide a little bit, of, nice little bit of commentary on this on, on this wonderful day. Absolutely, we always love to hear that. And we've got a lot of good fathers in the Panthers, both fan base and in the Panthers team. Obviously, some of the greatest fathers you can say that ever walked the field, and Steve Smith and Greg Olson, and even Cam, because Cam's on Jesus six, Christ. five, six kids. I don't remember how many. He's got, got a nice little starting lineup. <laughs> one of them, so one of them's got to go pro. One of them's got to. One of them has one. to go well. At least one. You 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 hope. I mean, you hope. I mean, he's got. He's got like three, like, like three boys. Because then you could have another little, little brawny on your hands, something like that. I'd love to see Cam Newton's kid ball out oh, in the NFL. Wait. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the type of swag he comes with on the field. It's oh, going yeah. to be match, bro. I can't. I can't wait. I mean, chosen Newton is going to be a pretty nice name if you can get af- if you can get athletic. That's so gas. That's that's a gas name. That's what I'm saying. The marketing is good. Hey, the marketing is great. The marketing for that name is already is already there. The market is perfect. And speaking of which, before we get into this, because I just want to mention it, Madden is dead. I'm Madden is – you want to put two people who have already been on the cover twice out of the last three years. You want to put Tom Brady and oh, – look, I get what they did. I get what's happened Mahomes and, and, and Brady this year. I understand it. But, like, there's gotten to a point where instead of catering to the players and showcasing who had the most insane year that year, this is kind of doing that, but not really. You know, like the last, like I understood the last one. The last time I had a double person cover, it was what? Troy Polamalu and Larry, Larry, Fitzgerald, Larry Fitzgerald right after the Super Bowl that literally came down to the last minute. We didn't even get a Super Bowl really worked even talking no. about after that. No, week. it was over like that. It was, I honestly I forgot the game was even played. I forgot how bad <laughs> of a game that was. I ain't gonna front because yeah. you, you could talk all about their individual performances, but as far as, as a game going, does not compare I, anywhere near to that Cardinal Super Steelers Super Bowl. This last last year's Super Bowl was probably one of the worst I've seen, and that Cardinal Steelers one was probably was one of the most probably exciting, the one of the best, one of the yeah. best Super Bowls I would say in recent memory, at least in televised history. Honestly, since mm-hmm. the Patriots, since the Patriots and Falcons won, that's that's probably like those are those are top five Super Bowl moments. Like you know, that's what I'm saying. Like when you have James Harrison passing out on the sideline after going end zone to end zone for the last play of the first half, and you want to tell me that the game we watched in February. Came anywhere close to that? I'm sorry. I, I get it. I yeah. get what they're trying to do. You know, you trying to market your current, your, you know, you know, the the guy that's been the face for the past two decades and and the new guy and the new up and up and coming guy. But we've already seen them on covers. Like, why why, why do I need to see? like? It's just the lack of the lack of creativity from this game, bro. If you, that's <laughs> that's the story. It's, it's, it's how we start the show, I guess. Like this thing about if you play Madden, let's say from like Madden 05 to now. The lack of creativity each year is just—it's—it's it's just insane. Even from, I would say probably the last man I probably actually like thoroughly enjoyed probably was Madden Twelve. It's probably the last man I probably I probably thoroughly enjoyed. Was I that the one? Like, was that the one they had the, like holo, the holograph or the holograms? The ho- you remember that? No, you, you, you're thinking about Madden Nine. Madden Nine, that <laughs> was oh, yeah, fire. Yeah. You know, Madden Nine was crazy because they had the rewind button. Oh yeah, dude. Brett oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Yeah. yeah, it's just you. You would just think with all the with all the money that goes into go, go that goes into this that we would have way more creativity when it comes down to covers, when it comes down to just simple gameplay. You know, it's it's, it's a lot of things that like 
Madden itself has lost his luster. It lost his luster probably like a decade ago. And it just and they they don't seem to be working working to even they don't even seem to be trying to even get it back to where it was, you know. No. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to realize that. I'm wondering, do, are you guys gonna get it this year though? See the I, thing I like, haven't bought it. I have, I haven't bought it since 2016. I um, love like playing with and see the problem. So this year I had it right. And I had my Xbox Live and everything, but for some whatever reason. In order to get like the roster to get the new updates, you have to have something through like for at least an Xbox or no for the game get through your EA login or whatever it is. I don't have my EA login. I can't get back into my EA account, so I can't update the app. So I can't get new rosters. I can't get new like I can't uh, get anything. Dog, you're literally playing for a roster update. You're paying sixty dollars for a roster, yeah. and that's it. That's, that's it. it. Like it's and so like I think the I think the entire NCAA fourteen in itself has been more was more fun than the last decade and a half of Madden. Bro, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just, oh my God, it's, it's so much that I hate that the new generation won't get to experience as far as like with video games. Cause like the lack of creativity is, it's, and it's really everywhere. Like it's really across the board of all video games. But I mean, 2K still games, does it somewhat well. You know, I don't play 2K enough. Just from the, the people I know that play 2K, they, they're, they have a lot of issues over there too. Like, like even they <laughs> still have like their, their issues. I mean, Madden, but just Madden though, Madden used to, you had you used to go through training camp. You used to you used to have individual workouts if you were if you were doing like superstar mode. Like it's just so many things. Yeah. You had an agent. You had press conferences. They brought it back a little bit with the franchise mode and the story that they kind of had. The story was kind of cool going from like high school up, but it wasn't like you know um, like dynasty and 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 for and, and NCAA. The dynasty mode is unbeaten in any any sports right. game, especially at that time, 2013. They already had all the stuff that you know we wish we had now in the Maddens, and they were so far ahead of their time. Even with like some of the team builder things they could connect with, um, you know, matching stuff up. And you know, I'm looking forward to the new NCA whenever that comes out. Um, right. I'm just really hoping they don't try to make it like Madden and try to market because it Madden has way. done too much. Like the the Madden has done too much. Like the freaking the what was the new mode they had? They were trying the yard or whatever. I'm like the yard. I, I don't need I don't need <laughs> DJ Khaled and Snoop Dogg. Like, they, yeah. What and I and, and you know I I tried I, I tried the yard mode and all that stuff and it's and it's cool but I'm like bro you had a you had an entire game series that was that that right now could Apple that will probably out they'll probably outsell most video games out NFL Street probably one of the one of the most under I want I want to say underrated I think everybody gives it, it gives it it's just due but just one of the most I mean we need it it needed, back. You, you needed need, more time you need, you need that back I mean here's the thing though that era in the 2000s like like early and mid 2000s when those games those games that were coming out it was different it was just like you know you i mean i'd buy i'd buy backyard football right now before i buy madden <laughs> bro, it's, it's so many, bro like oh my i, I miss nfl 2k you know I, 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 there, there needs to be a competitor series with there with madden to. to just to just up the ante and, and up and, and up the 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 skill level as far as like what they're creating now, but you know, there needs to be a dedicated, there needs to be a dedicated, like, so back NASCAR or yeah, uh, EA used to have NASCAR and they, they drove into the ground. They didn't do anything right. Then they sold it and they sold it to 704 games, which is out of Charlotte where all the race shops are, where everything is 704. Like, cause they were like this game, no one wants it. We're not going to do it. 704 went, no, people like this game. You're just doing it bad. They took it, ramped it up. Now it's selling better than ever. They need to look at what FIFA does. FIFA has their EA Euro division focused on FIFA. And I know friends who are soccer fans, they play that, they have these weekend leagues where my roommate would play literally the entire weekend. He would stay in his room to play FIFA because of how cool, how much they would make it and how much they would make it work. Like they're, they're, the way they do their ultimate teams, like the way that football does it is just atrocious. And I'm going to speak for Jeff too. 
the marketing here screwed itself over. I get you're trying to cater to this, you know, I think it's just trying to cater to the younger demographic, you know. Of course. You have, I mean, when you have DJ Khaled coming in as a quarterback, as a playable quarterback, that's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm putting this game away for a little bit. But the marketing would have written itself. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll interest see what you two say. In my mind, for Madden 22, you missed the mark there. You could have had Derrick Henry on the cover is all I'm saying. But the, with the year he had, I mean, that's all I'm saying. But it's, I get what you had to do. They're, they're so – I don't think they're talking to actual I – don't, I, I don't know how much they're, like, really looking at the reactions of, the, of, of people. Like, like, like Twitter – Twitter's usually a great place, at least for video game-wise. Like, that's probably the place I would probably go to for, like, what do, what do the people actually want? Yeah, you, we we uh, but I'm gonna tell you right now we don't want to keep seeing the same five faces rotate on on these man covers. You know, what I'm no. saying? like you know, I, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, it, it was cool the last couple of years with having Lamar had didn't didn't did have a Mahomes. That, that that that's cool. But you know, I mean, you what, oh, what, was was Lamar on one? Lamar was on. Yeah, it, it, yeah. the last three have been. It was it, this one's gonna be Brady and and Mahomes. Then the last one was Mahomes. And then it was Lamar before that, and gotcha. then it was Brady again before that because gotcha, that was when gotcha. and that made sense for Brady to come back on because he won the Super Bowl that year. And it was like how they lost it for me because I liked it with the Madden vote. I thought that the fan vote was cool where you the had fan the vote first was year. I mean that facilitated Peyton Hills and that was hilarious. But then they even kind of tweaked it a little bit to where you know they could go all right, we're going to do like new players and old players. That's when they had Barry Sanders on the cover. Yeah. The one and then Cam got gypped by Calvin Johnson. There's no way he was going to beat Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Then they changed it to where it was, okay, you just voted for four players. But it still made sense. Like, one year it was, like, Odell, uh, Antonio Brown, and then it was, um, I want to say it was OBJ, and then Richard Sherman, and you voted for one of the four. But when they got me, it was in 2015, and instead of putting the MVP on the cover, and instead of putting Camden on the cover, they put on Rob Gronkowski. And with no with no explanation as to why Rob yeah. Gronkowski, who didn't even make the Super Bowl, it didn't, deserved it was, to be on the cover. Wasn't even finishing seasons at that time. No, it was like, yeah, and you know, at the time, I think I was happy because the whole you know Madden curse thing. And, yeah, but I think that's kind of started to debunk itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish Cam was on that just to see him. I can just yeah, see him just on the front doing the Superman. Like, oh, I, can just see that. Was, I can see it that. It was right, right there. It was a putt. It was a two inch putt. They could have just sunk. And it would have been fine. You, it, there, there was no reason as to why, except for Rob Gronkowski, for whatever reason. <laughs> no, that was where Madden started to slip for me. And you just, it, and it's tough because, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's just a video game. But like, when you have, I mean, for those months where you know, I mean, when I was, a, I mean, when I was a kid, when I was in middle school, high school, it was always would release right before my birthday. And so I would go, hey, cool. I got. Let me get the money for my birthday. Let me pre-order this. I'm ready to go. Let me get this because it's about to be like school's about to start. Yeah, and bro, so right. Right before school, I'm saving my money up all summer to try to get to to get to this week. I already got my I already got my pre-order, so I'm gonna exactly I'm gonna go to games. I pick it up right away as soon as it drops. So I mean, yeah, that used that was a those were moments like those were moments you used to live for. I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess it's everything's kind of losing its luster between not even having to buy physical copies anymore, and then yeah. them not even really putting the effort into the game. Everything just feels like. I don't know. It, it feels like GameStop anymore. Like I wanted, I, I would go to like those trips to GameStop were unmatched. Man, like, are you I, kidding me? I used to go. I used yeah. to go crazy. In, in the used game section. I used to go dumb. <laughs> I played a lot of old. I got a lot of the old Madden games. I, I have. I, I think I got Madden all the way up to oh, Madden 02 with Dante Culpepper on the cover. I, I think my first one. My first one I think was actually John Madden. Like not not another John Madden on the cover. It was one. It was a computer game. I want to say it was 01 or 02. It was literally a computer game, and I can't remember who was on it. 
one oh, oh. That may have been that may be Eddie George on oh, one. I think it I think it might have been Eddie George was my first one yeah. because you know with my dad being a Titans fan, you know, he had to get Eddie George on the cover. Man, no, for, yeah, Madden. for me it was that it was him. Madden 09 with with Favre and from there. Bro, that's, that's, that's another thing. That's like that's, that's where, go ahead. Now go see ahead. they they did have their duds. They did have their duds like putting Vince Young on the cover. At the time, um, at the time, we kind of thought like, he he had it, bro. He had it at the time. We didn't know we we weren't. He, he had his marketability. Yeah, look, he he was he, he was hot. Think about it. Okay, all right, comes out of Texas. You know what? He what he won Rookie of the Year. Went to the playoffs. He won Rookie of the Year. Yeah. You know, I didn't know Jeff Fisher was that bad of a coach. I didn't know. I I, I could have known. <laughs> oh God! Thank God Jeff isn't on the conversation for this conversation. <laughs> and then the word, of course, it all coming in. I was like, I was I was watching. Like, okay, I'm kind of excited. This I was watching the trailer. I'm like, you know, they always do it. They always make the trailer. They spend probably more time on the trailer than they do on the actual game. I would say to make it look like it's going to be good. And then it ended with with Dante getting lost. By Mike Evans, and I was like, you know what? Maybe this one isn't the game for me. <laughs> Maybe uh, not. Rated T for tough. <laughs> rated T for tough. I was like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know about this one, but I mean, like I said, it just it, especially when you have like, it's more so I guess for like the fans that like for us who like you know we our team looks so good on paper. Let's just get a good you know some some good thumbs behind it and. Play no, around I, with it. I, I mean, I'd love Carolina. to play with. I ain't played with Carolina the last two years. Very you haven't. No, no, no. Oh, I played with the Titans once, the last once, two, three years. Once Cam, hey, look, once Cam got the boot, because I knew how to control the offense with Cam. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is awful on Madden. You know how he <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater on Madden? I mean, he's he's way better in person than he's on Madden. I mean, good lord. I mean, you he's not playable. I ain't gonna front. He's really not playable. You can't you can't throw a deep ball. Damn it, he can't run. I don't know what they get. I don't know what they did to his speed. He's not that slow in real life, but you get across the oh. you get across my line of scrimmage and he was slow down like three times. I'm like, wait, okay, I can't run at all. I like spam. Brian Tannehill was faster than Teddy in the game. I just spam I just spam Christian McCaffrey. Now he's that's unstoppable. all you could do. Now he's oh. unstoppable. He's, now he's, he's a cheat code. He's a cheat code for yeah. And going like, forward, I mean, our front office should just use the use Madden to draft our team and uh, sign free agents and stuff going forward. Just use Madden. Now, see, they had one good mode they added. It was draft champions, and draft champions is pretty cool because you got to pick, you had like a base team, and it gave you like three different like three different choices. And then it would always be like an offensive player, defensive player, give you like twelve rounds, and you had Adam Schefter voicing the whole thing. And so that was kind of cool. And he would like talk about your decisions. That was kind of cool. And but it was like you only kept your team for that like four or five game tournament. So that got me into it a little bit. But again, like. And then also just you know playing people live, the community can get so freaking toxic. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, like, yeah, okay. I love no, no, the worst ones are the ones who would literally all they would do, they would just send verticals and then they'd have like Cam or they'd have Russell or they'd have Lamar, they'd send everybody vertical and then they just run to the flats because everyone's ditched back. So you got 30 yards of, of, of space. But moving on to more, I guess, real terms, we can look into the real world, <laughs> especially when they're coming up. Um just talking a little bit about some of the things we've seen and just talking about, again, um, we talked about fathers, talked about Greg Olson. Again, want to mention just how awesome it is for him and his family watching all those videos out of Levine Children's. And I was also, I think it's really telling that, you know, I mean, I know he still has a house here, but and he didn't, you know, really cut his ties from here. But the fact that he came back to Levine, like from what I know, Seattle still has a pretty good children's hospital from what I'm aware of. But the fact that he came back to where he first, you know, where everything happened with TJ. This is the community he trusted, the people he trusted, and to come back to somewhere I used to work, actually. Um, I remember I ever told that story. Uh, I worked at Levine's Children's Hospital for an internship with the radio station there. They have this little, like, radio station where the kids can call, and it's only for the kids. 
and it plays in the lobby. And so what my, I mean, you could do like an hour long show as like a radio DJ kind of thing. My show was two for an hour. I would play, I would pick a player and do my cause, my cleats for those players. Because, you know, a lot of those guys, they would do it for children's hospitals or for certain cancer foundations and things like that. But do talk about their cleats, talk about the players, some highlights from their career, and then do some like, you know, classic rock songs. Cause that's all I can, you know, I could pick a lot of that. And you had to pick clean music too. So they're like, well, I, gotta, I gotta do that. <laughs> I didn't, you don't realize how bad some rock songs are until you actually listen to make sure that they don't have anything in them. You don't, you don't um, realize how bad music is to you, DJ something. Well, that too. And so then like, so that's what I would do for an hour. And then I make a little like, slideshow. And so of course, like I was my first one, I, I had to start with Greg Olson in Charlotte, you know, and with Levine and everything. And I'm doing my show and I do this whole thing for Greg Olson. It was at like 10 a.m. in the morning on like a Tuesday. And this was right around the time where TJ started getting, you know, started having complications again, but not even complications, but just needed to get more checkups for what was going on. And I go, I finish my show and I'm done for the hour. And you can hear, like I said, in the lobby, you can hear me in the individual rooms. If they're tuned in, you can hear it. And so I went to the bathroom and I came back and one of my coworkers was like, Jack, you're going to be so angry. I'm like, why? What happened? And they go, Greg Olson just walked through the lobby. And I was like, you're joking. On my first, he just walked through, he's like, yeah, he just walked through with his sons. I was like, you got to be kidding. But anywho, sidebar, um, it's awesome that, you know, that he was able to get the transplant and hopefully, you know, everything is, is smooth with that. And it just was cool to see, you know, the community come together and support him too. Oh yeah, for sure, man. It's, 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 this is when you start realizing that, you know, this, this game is way more, it's way deeper than just, than just football. These guys move to these communities. My lot of these guys, I mean, they're moving miles away from where from where they're originally from. They're starting a whole new life, and they start to feel like these places are home. In Charlotte, especially, you know, just being. I mean, you, I think everybody can use use as this thing this thing that say about Charlotte. It, it feels like home for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 it's, it's a growing city. It's a nice city, but it still feels like home at, at, at the end of the day. And that's one thing that you that we've always been able to take away from from our franchise as a whole is that it feels like a family. You know. If, for, for, for the most part, at least we, we, we have a lot of guys that played it who, who didn't even spend the, the majority of their careers here. You know, some guys only spent a season or two and they come back and they have like the fondest memories of Carolina or they associate themselves with this franchise more than they did the franchise that may have drafted them. So, I mean, it just says a lot about the community here in Charlotte. And yeah, when you're looking at how we manage the free agency in the draft, you're not just bringing in the player and what he can do for you, say as a route runner or carrying the ball or tackling. You're bringing him in as a person and you're bringing in their entire family as a person um, to the community. And, you know, I, I'm not from Charlotte, obviously, but I hear you guys talk about it and been there once. And you can just tell it's a tight knit community. Um, it's led by the football team, Panthers, and um, you, you got to be a fit in the community and the team, um, not just yourself, but you're also, also your family, um, just because of how close everyone is and how important that is to the team and the winning and just the overall success of the team and um, the city. So I think overall, um, you got to look at, you know, from a personnel standpoint, who you're bringing in as people too. Yeah, I think that, I mean, for, you know, you can say what you want about, about Jerry and, and how he was, you know, towards the end of his tenure, but he did establish that kind of, you know, that pedigree with the team. And he established that, you know, we're bringing in other than one or two, you know, under the sweep under the rugs. I mean, he brought, you know, class guys and he, he had a character to the team that kind of exuded the city as well. And I mean, you saw even like, and Greg talks about it. I mean, a lot of people don't know when Greg first was signed with us. That's when his, when TJ first got diagnosed, that was like, it was within like weeks of each other. And Jerry, from what Greg would tell in interviews, Jerry like called him 
and said, look, like we're, we're signing you, we'll bring you down, but you can take my private jet to go back up to Chicago or back up to Boston where he was going to see, you know, where he was getting treated at the time to go to these doctors. Like, I will take you on my private jet. This is like a, two days after signing him. And I think, for, you know, for what it's worth, Jerry did, did, did a good job of that. And you can see it now, of course, he didn't end his relationships with some players the best way. And I don't know if that's whether that was him or with the front office, but you're seeing now we're on the other side of that where, I mean, David Tepper has to be commended for what he's done with the, and we've, we've said this a couple times before, and I'm interested to see, you know, after the pandemic or because of the pandemic, they didn't really do a hall of honor, which is to see if they add, have more additions to the hall of honor coming up next year. But we mentioned this before, but like for it, while it took, it's taken a little bit to see, you know, his improvements on the field and his, you know, in terms of the, 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 the culture, you can tell the culture change from, from that minute, you know, the minute he, he bought the team. I mean, he was tailgating with the roaring riot at the first game. You would have never seen Jerry doing that. I mean, he did yeah. these little things. He was really going to doing some of these little things that, that you know, you wouldn't think of as, a, as, a, as an owner, but it, it helped the fans. It helped the fan base. It helped the relationship. And so what he's done now, most recently, is his work with Steve Smith. I mean, this was a guy who was ready to write it off. I mean, it was like T.O., you know, in, in terms of the relationship with the team. I mean, he was ready to write us off say, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, he still had like ties here. He still had a house here because his kids still went here. Mm -hmm. But like, he was just ready to be done with it. And to the point where like, he wouldn't even, you know, mention it. And when it came up, you know, when he was doing his analyst things, you know, it wasn't even something he would talk about. To the point now where like, I mean, when they mentioned, when they did DJ, you know, when we drafted DJ, he, he spoke highly of DJ and he spoke highly of the organization. But that was about it, you know, in terms of what he gave in terms of praise. So the latest thing I did is with longtime voice of the Carolina Panthers, you know, who rivaled, you know, who was up there with some of the greats like Bill Rosinski is Mick Mixon. Mick Mixon, when I tell you, like, when we were, we'd be driving home from church, like trying to fly back from after service, make sure we get to the Amazon time. The game's already started. Kickoff is already happening. And we'd be flipping through. I mean, you couldn't get the Titans games on radio, but we could get the Panthers games. And so you'd tune into the fan to hear Mick Mixon and to hear his broadcast. And so he after a long time, is finally retired. And so that's going to be something we're really going to miss listening to because I did that this year too. If I couldn't get a stream to work because something was wrong with Crack Stream or with NFL Reddit this year, that didn't work. Yeah, um, I, would, I would tune in and it was Mick Mixon. And I was surprised to hear Kurt Coleman as well. That was really a cool added bonus. So he's stepping away. And so for now, at least, they've got Steve Smith doing the preseason calls. Now, I'm, I'm A, incredibly excited for that. I mean, we haven't heard Steve do play-by-play -play or even like yeah. even color. No, no, not and, and you think, I mean, with the way he taught, I mean, you'd have, to, you'd have to have a real quick trigger figure on the three on the three second delay button. You would have to make sure you've got that locked and ready to go because with Smitty, you don't know what's going to happen. But I'm, it's honestly shocking to me that he never kind of pursued that area because I think he would make a great color analyst. Maybe not in terms of, you know, analyzing the actual plays. He won't be Tony, Tony Romo in his predictions, but he would give you some great, great color, I think. You know, bro, Steve is. I, I'm. I'm. I'm just. Ex, I, I'm. Ex, I, I've always been excited about this preseason anyway, just because just we didn't have one last year, and I want to see a lot of young guys play. But knowing how, knowing how Smith has got to keep it, and just knowing how he's, just knowing how he handles himself on on television as just in general, I am excited to hear what this sounds like because I mean, like, I mean, I mean, for me, for a lot of fans, like you know, we we're only gonna get to hear this for four games, well, three games this year now. So yeah. I mean, like, so so this is not going to be a recurring. We don't know this is going to be a recurring thing, meaning, meaning season by season. So you know, I mean, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table because I mean, like you said, I mean, doing color, you know, being a color an analyst, 
a lot different than just being on TV. Having See, I don't know what he's going to do because we don't because I don't think Kurt Coleman is with us anymore. I think he he didn't he decided not to do it this year either. So I don't know if what who he's doing it with and what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, he's not going to be Tony Romo with, you know, some of his analysis because, you know, you know Tony played quarterback in the NFL for a long time. However, Steve played receiver at a very high level. He saw a lot of different things. He saw pretty much everything you could see from a receiver in his career. So he knows he knows the game. He's a smart player. And the other thing with Steve is he's ultra competitive. You're not going to find very many guys that are as competitive as him. And he still has a passion for the team. And everybody's going to be under a microscope um, from the starters to the third string, even in the preseason Steve's going to be you know there's times I can see him being brutally honest about guys and um, you know their performance which is something I want to see and you know it's going to be making the preseason this year a little bit more interesting even though for us Panthers fans with a lot of young guys in a roster a lot of new draft picks um, it's already going to be a fun preseason but now with Steve Smith calling it you know I'm excited to see some of his commentary I could see some of his calls you know going viral on Twitter or something oh, honestly. Being, um, brutally honest about some of these guys especially the receivers oh, oh yeah but see, and, and, that's, and that's the thing and, and 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 because and because man, I'm, I'm glad you said it because you know I want to see what I want to see what he says about the, the the lower end guys like 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 your like your Shy Smiths, you know yeah. your 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 Omar Bevises. I want I would definitely want to see what he has to say about those guys because you know I want I want to see how honest he'll he'll be, he'll be able to keep it because you know there is a level of you got to be a homer at the end of the day when you're doing analysts for for that team, which is kind of why I'm like I, I I'm excited, but then again I am kind of scared because I'm like I don't. I don't want him to have to – I don't know how much of him I want to take away just to be able to be the company guy and, and fit the role. I do want him to be himself to the extent where it's not, you know, just like bashing a guy, you know. I mean, this is – I mean, this is not – he's this is not someone who's going to shy away. I think, he, like, I don't think he would have accepted the job if they were going to tell him, you know, you can't say this, that, or the other. Because even with, even with, you know, what he's done with NFL Network, he's still been himself. You know, all those – I loved when he was doing the interviews with the rookies this year with the incoming class – some of the things, some of the videos that came out of that were hilarious. And when he was talking with Tua or talking with Joe, they were all amazing. And so I think, I mean, you got to look, this is the guy who on, on recording, both video and audio, to go on TV, he clowned DJ by asking Cam in front of DJ if he should start him in his fantasy roster that week. I mean, this guy is not someone for the faint of heart. Now what they should do, I'd be interested to see, because if, if it's just for the three games, and I don't know if who they're doing it with. Like I said, I haven't announced that. I will, I mean, I know Greg's got his contract, but maybe have Greg come on too, and one of them do play by play, and the other do color. I'd like to see the two of them talking to each other. Yeah. Or you would, yeah, you keep Smitty on color, bring it, bring over Eric Collins from the Hornets, and let Eric do some of the play by play because I'd love to hear some of the yells. He he took over NBA. He he, he really took over the like the, the NBA landscape this year with with, with this with this call for with with, with Lamelo. I mean, those were circulating the internet for weeks in from weeks on in. I mean, he really. I think about how much Charlotte really grew under, like, uh, with, with the Miller being there for this, for this, just this one season, and how much attention it brought to to a guy like that. That's always been talented, but again, not everybody's getting to, get get a chance to see him now. I was gonna say because with, I mean, he did that. He did those calls with Kemba all the time, but you never hear it because they're not gonna show Kemba highlights on House of Highlights or Bleacher exactly. Report. No one's gonna see that. But <laughs> no. with Lamelo, that was like a match made in heaven. That's something we can jump off real quick. Is this as some Charlotte connection? I mean, Kemba to the Thunder. <laughs> For some draft picks and Al Horford, looking real spooky for that boy. Looking real sad for both for both Cam and and Kemba, and I hate to see two pin, you know pinnacles of the city kind of go the way they've been going. 
it's 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 really it's really crazy that one for one Michael Jordan executed a, a, a executed a deal that was actually in favor of the Hornets. Terry Rozier I, has been has has been better than has been better than Kemba the last two seasons, and he seems to fit with the mellow ball surprisingly well. Kemba on, on the other hand has been on the downside. I mean, he for Boston they got nothing what they expected. I I think for for Boston you were thinking when you when you bring in Kemba because at one point. There were talks of Kemba and Kyrie being in the same conversation. Like they, like those were rumblings. I mean, not, they weren't real, but you know, they were they they, they were out there. I, I was so, preaching that, but, uh, I, but at, at, at a point you would have had a case. But Kemba, had, Kemba hasn't been healthy. Even when he's been healthy, he just hasn't been the same guy. Like like cardiac Kemba from Charlotte, that guy he don't exist no more. You know, he <laughs> just don't. I mean, even for OKC, OKC's turning to the rehab center for all. All old stars on their last yeah, game. what in the world? <laughs> I mean, they've gotten it. I mean, CP3 last year, he see that CP3 did a phenomenal job with that team last year, uh, having them going seven games with, with Houston. Al Horford this year, he got he got he got DNP for the for pretty much the entire second half of the season. Nobody wants to, I, I, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's a bad situation because I mean, Kim was good enough to because I would think Kim was good enough to be able to be on a playoff team and contribute to. Contribute to the team's success in the playoffs, but right now, I mean, it's, just, it's not looking great for him. I say maybe he'll pull up, maybe he'll pull a CP3 because the Thunder seems to be able to facilitate people to then move on from the Thunder after a year and then play well. So maybe I can see Kemba going to the Lakers, and maybe he can help that team out a little bit. Yeah, on, look here, I, I look, I, I ain't gonna lie, it, look, nah, nah, nah. Just, you wouldn't take any help just from to be, Just to be a, nah, be to be as less as I possibly can about it, nah. Nah, he ain't got it. Well, switching back to football, because there was one development that kind of went a little, you know, under the radar, and I think it would really, really help this team is the Panthers trying out Aha Clinton Dix. Now, I know in the last two years or so, he hasn't been as, you know, hasn't lived up to his potential as much as possible. But in your terms of talking about a safety, when we talk about how much we lack depth, and now y'all might have different opinions. I mean, for me, when it comes to safety, I, I mean, if it's not going to cost us that much, and it's not going to, I mean, bring it in. Like, we need, I, I, I'm i not trusting Justin Burris to just be there. And even if I do trust Justin, we still need some depth there because behind Justin and Jeremy, I don't know what Kenny's status is. So for me, I'm saying if it's not going to cost you that much, and you think you evaluate him, you think he's going to work well, bring him in. We were we worked him out two years ago, I think it was what is what it was. When he was, yeah, we were talking with him when last he had reached the free agency. I want to say it was before. Was he who last with the Redskins, I think, is who he was with this year. I can't remember entirely who he was with before. I was not going to tell you. I'll be honest. He didn't play for most of this year, which is concerning. Um, but if he's healthy, if you think it's going to work, I, I say bring it in. Yeah, I mean, he, there's still value in bringing in high clean days. I just don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I think about when we brought in Eric Reed. Eric Reed was still a valuable guy. He, he, still, he still had, you know, Value, and I mean, and I would, I, I would, I would want to assume that High Clint Dix is better than Eric Reed at this point in time in his career. But I mean, uh, it's it's kind of a talk to me. I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything positive about High Clint Dix in the last part yeah. of the seasons. You know, so it's it's, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, and going back to Reed, he um, you know, came in and obviously got a lot of buzz, but he played really well for us for a couple of seasons, and you know that's rare. And we were lucky to get that. He got that contract extension, um, even that late into his career. 
um, just because we, when we signed him, he was on that short deal, but um, you know, that's not something you can get very often and haha, you know, first round pick big time guy coming out of Alabama. Um, he's kind of shown in the NFL that he's limited, uh, really limited as a safety, even though he's a first round pick. So he's nothing more than a stopgap, which is what we talked about. Um, it's pretty much what we have in our secondary in the history of our organization is just guys that can fill holes for a year and be gone. So, you know, if he looks good on you, when you bring him in, he's healthy, you might as well, because you got the salary cap for the year. Uh, he's not going to, you're not going to keep him long-term. So you might as well use up what you got um, for this year and see if he can come in and compete. You know, he's, he's probably further ahead mentally than a lot of our guys because he'd bring that veteran presence to a pretty young safety group, you know, Chin coming back for a second year, Burris and then Sam Franklin uh, are the three main uh, safeties that we'll be looking at. (laughs) Yeah. Going into year, going into year two with them. So, you know, if he can add some veteran experience and, you know, especially if we're going from defense to defense, changing up the coverages this year, we see that we brought in a lot of these, bigger, more man coverage style corners like a JC Horn, which we could probably be expecting a transition to more man coverage this year. If he can kind of help with the transition from all these different coverages, especially for the safeties who need to know everything on the defense. Um, I think I say, why, why not? Even if he doesn't make the roster, help him, help him out right now. Um, I would just say also explore the other options out there right now, because uh, I'm not too crazy about ha ha Clendix. I'm not. Either. Yeah. I might, I mean, I might just kind of rescind, not rescind, but just kind of reframe my my take on it then, thinking about it, because like you're right, Tyler, we've always, always, always just brought in someone to just like it's like a sub it's like the safety position at uh, the safety position at Carolina has been like the defense against our dark arts teacher at Hogwarts. You just bring in one dude for a year, they fill the role, and then they go. That's it. Like that's all it's been. When you have guys like when we brought in, I mean Trey Bross and bring bringing him back, and then you have I mean, it, and it dates back to 2015. Roman Harper, and then you brought in, oh, God, what was his name? Mike. Mike uh, Adams. Mike, yeah, when you bring in Mike Adams and you do things like that and you just keep filling it in and instead of actually dealing with the problem, it's what we've done with cornerback forever. You know, finally this year we took the step to draft an immediate, you know, long-term solution for the cornerback position instead of just bringing in guys like, oh, the dude from the Saints whose name also escapes me, we brought in for no freaking reason. Um, who plays honestly, the Saints you, know, you, know, honestly, you know, honestly, the last safety we drafted and that actually – Played a, a substantial role for our team for multiple years was like Charles Godfrey. I was gonna say that's probably been it. And I mean, so I think honestly, maybe it would serve you well to to. I mean, and also it it, it, it runs back to what we think the direction of the team is gonna be this season. Because in my mind, if you want, if you were trying to like, when we got Chin, like I mean, obviously that turned out much better than everyone thought. But they obviously saw something to take him where they did. That was, again, for me, I mean, taking that wide receiver that early instead of, you know, kind of focusing on what I still thought was the, another big need in terms of defensive back, I thought that's where you should be. So unless they, you know, if they think that we have the chance to make a run in the playoffs this year, then I, I go with Tyler, go like, yeah, get your guy, get a guy for a year, plug and play. He probably won't, I mean, he's not going to be a star, but he's going to help you in the back end when you, we don't know, because we also don't, again, don't know what Shin's going to be because we have no frame of reference at that safety position for him in terms of zone play, except for a couple, a couple, you know, little inklings of, of, of clips. So but for he, me, like, you know, I mean, but, but. I was like, well, and then, so then, I mean, and, but then if you think, you know, we have years to develop this defense of very, one of the youngest rushes in the NFL, then yeah, I mean, hold off a little bit and then go heavy in the draft next year. Even if it's, you know, pick 28 through 32, or if it's pick, you know, 22 through 28, I'm saying pick, like put it on less, Barring any unforeseen horrible accidents for any other spots in the roster, put it on a safety. At, at, at this point, you know, with, okay, they, okay, they've added another playoff spot, so there is more opportunity for you. For you That's to, what I'm for saying. For An extra week. You, 
your defense has to have, you would hope your defense has, has improved from last year to this year. I mean, that, there, there is growth that, yeah. that, that is being made there. We seem to all have a belief in our offense, but we still don't have, you know, we have a quarterback that's coming into what, year four? Yeah. Going in year four. So he's not a, he's young in age, but he, but in terms of NFL experience, he does have enough experience to where we could, we should expect certain, a certain level of success from him. Going to get a high Clinton Dixon. I mean, if you believe you're a French playoff team, I say go get him. You know, that's what I'm mean, that, like you know, go go all in for it because I mean, you can't win if you ain't got if you, you can't win if you're not in it. And if you got a chance to, then by all means go ahead. I mean, I I, I won't I won't knock them if they don't. But I mean, the safety position continuously being the weakness of our defense probably, probably for the last for the last decade really. I mean, it's, at some point we have to address this within the first two rounds. And like, and like you said, I didn't think Terrace Marshall was going to be the guy in the second round that we were taking. I didn't, I didn't think receiver was even on our mind, but they took him. I hope that they have an answer at least on the roster or at least are looking to sign that sign that answer at some point down the line. I mean, and we've talked about this a little bit time to ask you again because I think it's going to, like, I mean, he, at least out of his draft class, Terrace has, I think, he's got the biggest, like, target on his back i mean you took we took you second round you again he put a literal target on his front and back by wearing 88 with this franchise i mean so i think he's got a lot that he's going to have to prove this year or people are going to be ready to tar and feather him and send him for the hills yeah, oh yeah i mean it's not i mean team when team fans are looking at teams in the draft class you know they always want to see do we address the needs and you know that's obviously the number one way to approach the draft but at times you got to go you know, a little bit, you know, left or right and take, you know, the best player available if he's sitting there, even if it's not a big need. And we know receiver's not a big need right now with DJ and Robbie, but um, it could be in the future, especially if Robbie, um, we don't bring him back and then DJ's our guy, DJ and Terrace going forward. A lot of fans may not recognize that and see that, okay, we just drafted this third receiver um, and we have all these other needs like offense line, safety, whatever you, whatever you say. And um, they might be looking for some immediate impact from Terrace, especially considering we had, you know, Curtis Samuel in that role last year where um, there were guys in that second round who are uh, very talented at positions of need, especially safety too. That was a sweet spot for safety in this year's draft. So um, that's going to be one of those that people, um, people look at really heavily because, you know, receivers definitely on our minds. If you guys watch the Panthers confidential um, clips that they said, uh, rule was um, going through the scenarios at pick eight overall, and guys that they considered were Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle. They were in the talks at eight, and they weren't afraid to take them depending on how the board fell. So um, they were ready to get that receiver. Um, it just shows you kind of how we're going with their offense. But, um, you know, he's going to be a guy we want to see work out, especially because I don't know if you heard the story about how the Saints um, wanted Marshall. Um, he, you know, Louisiana guy, the Saints wanted Marshall. They were going to take Christensen at the spot where that we ended up taking Marshall. We heard that Marshall w was wanted by the Saints, so we took Marshall first, and then later on went Christensen. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of expectations, and we, you know, we uh, we we know the Panthers and the Saints draft uh, draft things. Going back to the Tommy Stevens uh, whole situation, so um, hopefully he works out a little bit better than Tommy Stevens because I saw he got cut yeah. uh, the other day. So, um, you know, Marshall's got a target on his back, along with a lot of these other rookies that you know maybe don't fill a big need right away. Yeah, and then I mean, looking at when you talk about targets in the back, and it's, and he's now kind of given himself a bit more of a target, both on and off the field, is of course Sam Darnold, and you wait, like I mean, because, and you talk about it four years as you know, four years experience. That's 
not in the grand scheme of things, not a, not a whole lot for both a person and a quarterback in terms of age and in terms of NFL experience. But in four years, there are things that are expected of you, especially with the roster that's built around you. Case in point, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you look at the roster he had, especially defensively. They were all healthy for that Super Bowl. And then offensively, they were having guys. It was kind of like the 2015 Panthers offense. Guys that should not have been making that sort of those sort of you know impacts that early on. I mean, even Ayuk was you know doing things, and I think it was his rookie year coming up at that point. Um, was it that year? Yeah, he went on. He went on the roster. Yeah, they. It was a. Uh, oh, that's right. You know, oh, yeah, was, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just Debo by himself. Then they got Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, and then they, and, and then it was the, it was the four about. running backs that they had in and, 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 and you know and Breida. Yeah, when they had Matt Breda, they had Moster, they had all those guys back there. And then you had, of course, Kittle coming in where, when when necessary and making, you know, the kind of the – it was, yeah, it was Debo and Kittle and Sanders was coming in. And you looked at the Super Bowl, and, I mean, I mean, like I said, we watched that Super Bowl. And coming into it, I mean, Chiefs, while they were dominant in the regular season that year, not so hot for that Super Bowl. I mean, Shantis and I watched that one together, I remember, and it was pretty lackluster. And what you saw at the end was that it basically came down to two – to, to four minute drives at the end there. And Jimmy had the chance to, you know, make that play on third down and he couldn't make it. You, he, it was, it was a timing. And so, you know, obviously it's not supposed to all come down to the quarterback and we've been kind of on, you know, back and forth where, you know, who you're, who's to blame. You can't blame the quarterback for all your successes, but you can also blame him for all his failures. But at the end of the day, that's the, 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 the unique part of the quarterback is to be that guy that can propel everyone. And so, and Sam do that. If we were to get into a spot, you know, in the playoffs where our, our defense is playing out of its mind, like it did last year for the most part of last year, if our defense was playing to the heights they were last year, you know, that Vikings game, at least the beginning, our offense has the firepower to get going. Problem's going to come down to, you know, okay, if it's third and if it's third and eight, third and 10, and your defense, you know, faltered a little bit, it's on your quarterback to get you back into playing position. That was what Cam was always able to do so well when our defense was kind of behind a little bit. So it's interesting to me to see if Sam will be able to do that. I don't, you know, we've talked a little about the pressures that are on him, and I think it's not going to be very much so in his first year. Dependent, like he's in the driver's seat. Dependent on how well he plays, that's how much pressure he's. It's weird. Like the better he plays, the more pressure is going to be on him. If that makes sense, like if he makes the playoff, pressure goes through the roof because his, his, his team fan base is so is so you know so ready to get back into where we were 2016, 2017. With Sam, it's, it's like this. If you like, remember Cam's third year, which would have been 2013, you remember how they kind of they kind of babied him in, in, in that season. Like it was a lot of defense. Defense was great. A lot of run heavy stuff. Like that's kind of gonna. Have, I think it's gonna have to be the approach you take with Sam Darnold, just because that you know, yeah, he, he's he's shown flashes, but again, he hasn't put together a a full 16 game season where he looks like a competent quarterback. You know, so I mean, they, there's I think there's there's still a level of. You still got baby. We're still gonna have to baby him, man. Mind you, he's a guy that turned the ball over in college. You usually got to turn the ball over in college. They don't, they don't usually get better with turnovers in the NFL. He struggled with that, and when we see him struggle with that, so we just all right now. It's it's just a matter of can he play smart football? And we haven't seen him play really meaningful football in the NFL. I mean, there's not a mean he. I mean, there every. I mean, snaps are meaningful in, in this league, but. God, he hasn't played. He hasn't played a snap where if all right, you make this play, you go to the playoffs. You make this play, you have a chance to win your division. He has never never been in that position. So really, where I mean, he he's he's a part of that, he's a part of that young group where it's, it's been like you know a, a bunch of guys that are still learning how to win in this league, and it's going to be about it. Can our coaching staff help elevate him to this point? Because I mean, mind you, they're still learning how to win in this league as well, and it's one of those things where it's. And this is why I tell people, I'm like, this this year is it's exciting, but. 
don't get I don't put too much pressure on the season because there's a lot of there's a lot of growing that still has to happen and growth doesn't happen in one season in the NFL. I mean there's there's things you learn, but it's still a long ways to go before you truly master this league. And nobody read nobody ever truly masters this league, no matter how long you've been in it. Right. And that's why the quarterback position is gets all the attention it does because you know, it takes one level of guy to be a starter, another level of guy to win you games, and then another level to get you to the playoffs, another guy to get you to the Super Bowl. It takes a special and it takes a different guy to win it. We've seen guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff almost make it. They got their teams to the Super Bowl, but they couldn't go all the way. And when you look at some of the differences between the guys that do win it and the guys that just barely miss it. Um, those guys at the top, like a Brady and Mahomes, they um, they have that elite competitiveness and fire, and uh, a lot of toughness too. And you know, looking back at Sam, we know he's tough, and uh, you know he's shown good competitiveness. I just want to see him take that next step as a competitor and really get that that fire in him. You know, because you didn't see that in New York, especially as things started to go downhill there. Um, I think that's going to be really important in him um, that he gets that fire and um, knows the expectations that he has in the city and for Charlotte um, because we're ready to get back to winning, like Jack said. And he's the guy that can, you know, really put us ahead as a franchise, finding this quarterback, um, this hidden gem kind of late in his career uh, where, you know, we have just instead of taking a top 10 pick, we traded a second round for him. Um, maybe he can be the guy that pushes up ahead, you know, a couple of years by um, being that competitor and having that fire inside of him to really take us to that next level. Because at the end of the day, we're not going for the, you know, we're not trying to be in the Super Bowl. We're not trying to be in the playoffs like we talked about. We want to win the whole thing. And so Sam, you know, if he wants to take his team to the next level and really earn his job here for the future, he's got to um, take that next step as a competitor and really get that fire inside of him to win these big games. I was saying, I mean, you talk about with coaching, especially, I mean, Especially for these, I mean, for for guys that have been in the league five years or less, coaching is, is everything. I mean, you look at the the two youngest you know quarterbacks to ever win the Super Bowl. It was Ben Roethlisberger and and um, and Russell Wilson. You look at the coaches that they had in place at that time. I mean, the team, the rosters. You could say what you will, because I believe I'm correct me if I'm wrong. It was still Tomlin at that time when Big Ben won his first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Or my no, okay. no, no, no. His first one, Bill Cowher, was his first. Was his first. Oh, Bill Cowher. Yeah. yeah. But the, I mean, still, again, look at yeah. Bill Cowher. And then you have Pete Carroll on the other end as well. Like, I mean, your rosters were insane there, but the coaches has become a big part of that. And so I'm not saying like, and then, so hopefully, and you talk about turnovers. I mean, because Sam threw quite a bit of them with the Jets as well. And that's another one of the things where I'm hoping and praying. I mean, because we look at, you know, I mean, we mentioned again, Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill. One of the biggest things I remember Sean, we would talk about, especially Santis and I, with Tannehill was okay. He could be good, but the turnovers have got to come down. And he, he did that. He did that in his last year and a half. He, he knocked the turnovers down. So maybe Adam Gase had a part to play with how the quarterback was doing, but you know, yeah. that's, it's more of a prayer than anything. And then kind of off the field, since we can't get a quarterback that can't cause controversy off the field, this one's a little bit, a little bit more dumb. So of course, and, and Shanti's talked about it a little bit, but Sam is, been a bit outspoken about us outspoken about not getting the vaccine and not to the point where he's you know it seems like he's not believing in it it's just that he's like it's my decision i have to you know see everything that's into it and then make an educated decision which is not i mean the worst thing in the world i don't think people should be going at him either one way or the other because i mean with the way the only way i will you miss a game if you miss a game because of covid protocols i don't know what the protocols are going to be this year but if you miss a game because you refuse to get a vaccine and you get covid then it's going to be a separate discussion because then you are doing things you're actively like you're choosing that over the game. And in my, I mean, like if it comes down to the point where like, you know, get this vaccine, 
or you might get COVID and then you might miss games. We didn't trade you. We didn't. We didn't trade for you to for you to you know be lackadaisical and not be proactive with what doing things to better the team. I mean, look, the public perception of Sam Donald right now is just you know he hasn't learned how to how to how to win this league yet. He he's he's just hasn't been he hasn't looked like an NFL level quarterback for the majority of his career. You're going into a situation where this is probably your last shot of being a starter, just just from day one. Because from this point on, you're gonna have to compete. You probably, I, I mean, there, there's a certain you, are, you you want your you want your starting quarterback that's, that's that's supposed to be your franchise guy to handle things in in, 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 in in certain ways. But like I said, I'm not I'm not bashing the guy for not for not getting it. Everybody has their own reasons. But again, you, this this league isn't fair. Everything is everything about this situation isn't fair. You ain't got that. You, your leash isn't that long. I, I, no. I, all, I, all I would just say for everybody, for him especially. Be careful. Christian's different. Christian's, you know, Christian's cemented. He's got the deal. He's paid. Sam, you are a guy that's still trying to prove himself in this league. Be careful. Just just take precautions. Take all the necessary precautions. If this is the route you take, just take all the precautions to make sure that you're going to be available each and every week. I said, because you're not going to prove anything to us. You don't got, but I mean, a level of commitment is required. You don't got to go like Cam and, and, and be celibate to be able to be successful. But there is a level with how you need to conduct yourself for the team. That's all. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it kind of is. It, it just kind of is what it is. Though. I mean, I can say it's, it's not worth, I don't think it's worth people going as hard as they've been, been, been no. going about it. It's, it's, it's everyone's choice at the, at the end. Of We'd the expect nothing less from the Panthers fan base. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Come on. Yeah. It, 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 it wouldn't be us if we, if we didn't make it a controversy. No, of course not. Because we got it. Being, that's just because we're itching to get going. We're itching to get into the season. We're itching to get things started. And like we said, I mean, we, well, we got to keep, you know, our, our keep our reservations on about what the season could or could not be. It is exciting to be the, to have this much up in the air for Panthers football. And I can't wait to see how it all kind of falls down. So until then, until we get the chance to do so, it's so close, but so far, keep down.